We ready? Yep. All right. Let's go. Trending podcast round one. First ever episode. Yes. Here we are. Host with the most. We got uh, David Game Fourth here as well, sitting here uh, for production purposes. Like to call him. Yeah. uh, The purpose of producing. We want to. See someone looking on handsome. Oh yeah, that's my looking, number one job. That's why you brought me up. Looking here. like Tom Brady yes. over here. I think he's the Tom Brady doppelganger of King's Church. Yeah, listen, man. I, man I if I look like anybody, I look like Drew Carey. So Tom Brady is better, <laughs> is better than Drew Carey. I was once told a guy came up to me at the end of church service once and said, "You look like the guy." Anybody ever tell you you look like the guy that died on the boat there? On the boat. On the boat. Died on the boat. And what I boat? pressed back and said, "The guy that died on the boat there." He's like, "Yeah, you know, on the it's on not, the movie that's there." That's not helpful at all. The Titanic. I'm like, oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah. I think Seriously? he's yeah, wow. he's, he, the guy that died in the boat there. So you were supposed so, to. That was a you were supposed DiCaprio to apply Leonardo DiCaprio yes. to the guy who died in the boat. But like, yeah, but at that age of when he died on the Still boat, though. like, so you like you're a 20 year old. Maybe I don't know. He's like, anybody <laughs> yeah, ever tell you you look like that? So, well, welcome to the trending podcast, guys. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, I got, I got. It is, man. I'm pumped for that. This. Uh, I'm excited. Three of us. To be here. Adam's kicking around in the room somewhere. We've got uh, AJ on some cameras. And we got we have a live. There's a lot of magic in this room. We right have now. a studio a audience magic. as well. Did you know? We do. Hey, yes. I love it. Oh, man. Of course. Our audience is going to be oh, clapping yeah. a lot. Oh, yes. Tonight. I have a feeling. Oh. <laughs> so much. Listen, they're ready. I saw oh, John Mayer do this. That's so good. Oh, thunderous! Oh man, thunderous applause! And watch this when you when you get rid of it, it uh, that just sounds like white stop. noise. They won't stop. They 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 They're, just yeah, I mean, and then and then they want an encore. Up. And then no. <laughs> <laughs> I need that app. Yeah, it's a great app. Is so, it a free uh, app? Yeah, I saw Paid John app? Mayer on his, on his Instagram. Uh, okay. He's got an Instagram show. And uh, anyway, he had that going, so I totally ripped that off. Now we have an Instagram show. Yeah, yes. which we're Pretty excited much. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this is going to be a really long podcast if we don't jump into <laughs> yeah, it. It is. Gonna so be. we should get going. So what are we actually doing here, Brad? Tell us what we're actually doing. So this is a trending podcast. We've been talking about this a little bit in our services, but... Yep. What's the heart behind this? Why are we here? Why are we? Why did we start this trending podcast in the first place? So uh, we are doing a series called Trending at the church, and yep. we are two weeks in. Yeah, and we're tackling some major issues, some complex issues. Yep. Um, that are nuanced and heavy and weighty and complicated. And I'm doing my best in what are long sermons. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've all been like 50 minutes or an hour. Yep. Um, and hour. even and even that's not yeah. even been. Uh, come on, man. <laughs> I'm not editing those. Listen, you hour. try and you try and tiptoe <laughs> through the minefield of gender dynamics in less than an hour. See how you do. 50 minutes sounds like a long time. Yeah. When you're talking about gender dynamics, went down. 50 minutes is not long enough. Yeah. Exactly. Essentially, right. No. 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 We lost. We lost signal back not there. Not even close. Oh no. So. There we there go. We go. So, uh, as you can see, our, our production is really casual Miss. with the trending podcast. Oh, yeah. We're not trying to we're not trying to win any awards here, but uh, I like it. Yeah, we're having fun, and so so we're, the reason we're doing this is because we need to just have a little more conversation, a little more uh, just space to have dialogue. Right. You know, with yeah. some of the things I've said, I'm really just trying to give just biblical <laughs> and Christian framework 
for us to even begin to start thinking about some of these things, which probably creates more questions than it even brings answers for a lot of people. Right. Might have answered some questions, but probably a lot of people went home with even more questions than they had in the first place. Absolutely. So that's really the reason for just doing this is just to have some dialogue. And so today, you know, me and you and me, the three of us going to jump in on a few of these topics. You know, we're by no means experts, uh, but we can I'm at an least, expert. You are perfect. I am an expert. Perfect. Certified. No, so, I'm not. No. So, well, <laughs> we'll take a stab at some of these for, you know what? Yeah. You know what I found with a lot of questions that come from our people, especially at the church. For a lot of their questions, there are great answers. Like there are there are great questions that have great answers for a lot of things in the faith, though. Uh, you know, there's there's difficult answers and tricky answers, and sometimes yep. there's not great answers. Sometimes it's just mystery, or you shrug your shoulders and say, mm. "I don't know, God's God, and I'm not." And yeah. yep. so, with all that, we, you know, we'll do our best to to for try sure. to if we have something to say about a topic, yep. we'll, we'll try to try to drive yep. in. I like that so. though, because when it comes to our faith, I think there's sometimes more answers than we think. I think right? so, yeah. We yeah. think sometimes a lot of these questions that don't have answers, but actually, you really dive deep into the Bible and what's got to say. There's probably more answers there than we think. Yeah, for, for sure. some of the stuff. So there's certainly like a lot of like logic and reason, right. you know, attached to the Christian faith. Like yep. Christianity satisfied some of the most brilliant minds in human history. So oh, yeah. you know, we don't need to shy away from having intellectual discussion yep. or biblical discussion, especially. Yeah. But uh, yeah, sometimes there's just not great answers. But let's dive in. Awesome. I mean, we're uh, yeah, let's do it. We started in, and basically, the reason I wanted to do this series in the first place was because uh, we live in a very unique time and mm. a time where, uh, you know, the culture is probably more volatile. The culture we live in in the, in, in the West, more volatile and more, uh, I don't know what the word is, hyperactive and mm. more yeah. boisterous. Is that a word? Than yeah. ever before. And I think it's more opinionated. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, it's on hyper edge. opinionated like, on yeah. edge. Everybody's got right. a protest and everything's just everything's everybody's 10 out of opinion. 10. Everything's a- like Amber alert, you know, yeah. like it's just super intense, yeah. which mm. high is, offense, like yeah. really easy oh, to my goodness, yeah. offend someone or which is what it is. But yep. at the same time, we as Christians like need, we're, we're naive to think we're not being influenced by that. Mm. And, you know, especially for a lot of new Christians that we have, uh, I felt it was really important. So that we didn't, you know, late in the game, bring information forward about like things that are really core to what we believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want to to just leave these things untouched and untalked about. Yeah. So I felt like it was an important time for our community to have some family conversation. And so really, that's what this has been about. We've had a lot of new believers and a lot of people who are new to the faith. And so that's really why we did this. And, yeah. and, and really, I mean, it's a big... Well, I mean, everyone's having the conversation anyway. It's just if, yeah. if we don't have it at the church... So as soon as they walk out and they hang out with their friends or they go home with their family, it's happening. So we might as well talk about it here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I think I think our faith it should it should inform our entire world. Like yeah. this is not just some, you know, this is not just some like ideology that affects certain parts of us. Like it's an right. entirely different worldview, and so we should have different ways of looking at everything. Yeah. Yep. So and it's healthy for us to dialogue and to talk about these things. Like, let's do it. I like that you were saying, like, we sh- we're not going to be afraid or shy away from things like this. Like, we're going to take it head on, and we're going to talk about it and really try and figure it out. For so, sure. So yeah. we asked our people to fire some questions in. We got a few questions in, uh, both through the, the website and then just through, you know, chatter, people yeah. I've talked to, people yeah. that have been talking surrounding. So... Mm. You know, we talked two weeks ago, we jumped in with the conversation about identity and 
gender yeah. and that we it's we thought one. we thought we'd start off with a with a with right. a, war, a warm Something up super easy super yeah. simple <laughs> yeah. laid back but the reason i the reason i wanted to start with identity is cuz that's really at the core of the gospel like yep. and i felt like um i felt like it was creeping into the church a lot i was noticing in language um that people maybe weren't understanding that to be christian is to is to actually resign your opinion ultimately and allow Jesus to inform it, mm. you know, inform your life more than more than anything or anyone. Yeah. And I think there's some people that don't quite maybe understand that, that Christianity is this thing that kind of comes in to augment my life and to help me. Mm. But that's that's yeah. way more than that. It's right. this kind of call to die. And so I was kind of getting a little nervous about just some of the language I was hearing and people maybe not having a space for just the authority of god's word in their life yeah so so you know biblical authority is a big reason why mm. you know we did this po- this this series in the first place so yeah, for sure so yeah i mean i, I we've got what's so, so we got some questions in yeah i mean we, we want to jump in and start with a, like the first question that if anybody was here at our service this past this past weekend where you actually read this of someone that someone had sent in right. this, basically this question and they'd heard the sermon and they were sort of wrestling with with this thought but someone that was actually here uh, with with their nephew essentially, and that like they were kind of left both sort of confused and like she wound up saying to to her nephew that like I think that God has sort of changed his mind over over the years kind of like God understands that the times have changed I think right. is what it was right yeah and that you know he's like kind of evolved with it he understands that things are maybe different now than they were back then so mm. that's why conversations around identity and gender homosexuality yeah. like things like that may have may have changed or may have may have right. shifted right yeah and your perspective i think on that was really really good because it was like well actually no god doesn't change at all right like he doesn't like the bible actually tells us that god is the same yesterday today and forever so some of those conversations that we're having like it's easy for us as people to say that well god understands that culture has shifted and that people have changed and our opinions have changed so he just he's He's okay with that. He's cool that he changes with us. Right. right? And what we're saying is ex- actually the exact opposite of that, right? Yep. What you're saying, like, that's the idea of biblical authority is that, like, we're talking about submitting ourselves yep. to the Bible, to the Word of God. Like, if we believe that it's living and it's active and, like, that's the the source from which everything that we operate, everything that we say and do should really exist and come from, that we've got to actually surrender ourselves and bring ourselves in line with that yep. rather than expecting it to evolve with us is that 100 percent yeah like if you know if i think the thing i would push back to on some people who really have a hard time thinking about faith in those terms that mm-hmm. you know they want it to be a little more fluid like that god's going to adapt for them right but really when you think about it if if you're god and this god that you have in your mind that all of a sudden <laughs> is changing his opinion mm. you know really that's what this lady is saying that god somewhere revised his opinion on how yeah. he designed things or what he said. Right. And she's not like, the only one who has said no, that. No, lots of people. This We've is a great example. Christian, We're not picking on her at all. High-profile Christian pastors. Yeah. Totally. Christian authors. Like yeah, I mean, Rob Bell, Rob Bell, like great three example. years ago, he, yeah. I think he was pressed. He was in a very setting like this. I saw, saw the interview and a guy was asking yeah. him, a biblical scholar was asking him, like, biblically, mm-hmm. like, like your stance on gay marriage, like, you've changed your stance. So you, do you think God has changed? And, and he... He kind of ducked the question and said, "I just think, I just think that it's time that we, you know, get with the times." This is essentially what he said. Right. I mean, it can be a, like it, 
It's a valid question in the sense of like where it's coming from, because you look at our culture and it, it almost seems like Christianity has changed. When you look at slavery, you look at women's rights, it's like, man, things have changed. What we used to be isn't today, but yeah. it's like more of our understanding of God is changing. Yep. We're changing. God has stayed the same. Like you go back in the Bible, slavery mm-hmm. and women's rights, like there is, it does address that stuff. Yep. Right. And it's not, mm-hmm. it wasn't condoning it yeah. either so people can get confused i think when they start talking about this well, and that's that's actually the, you're, i mean you're david you're on like the number one argument that you know people are trying to make a biblical case for for gay marriage and we're kind of getting ahead but let's let's go there we don't right. need to stick to a plan but the biblical case you know the biblical, the biblical case though that a lot of people make the ones that are trying to argue from the bible most aggressively is you know that exact thing well there was a time when christians used the bible to oppress women uh, there was a time where Christians used the Bible to back up having slave, you know, people as property. Yep. And, and so, and we, we changed our stance on that. So why can't we change our stance on homosexuality? Oh, yes. mm-hmm. And the, the general consensus though, in the biblical, you know, scholarship, theological community is that the, you know, using the Bible to, you know, promote slavery actually goes against the whole ethic mm. of the Bible from beginning to end. The Bible is about creation and abounding and freedom. Mm. And you actually see slavery come in, in, in Genesis three with, with sin, they become slaves to sin. You see it come in again in Exodus where like Pharaoh is, is imprisoning the, yep. the, the, uh, the Israelites and yep. you see it again in Babylon. Slavery is this oppressive theme that God keeps breaking yeah. um and you say you see the same thing with with women as well you see jesus like had like women were the ones that he was establishing like it was women that found yeah. the empty tomb yep. there was this over and over like there was this thrust you in the it, whole bible even his lineage yeah to, yeah, yeah he was through through yeah through like rahab and, yeah, yeah absolutely it's crazy and so like there's there's common threads mm-hmm. and there's a there's a theological term for not theological but like a, a scholarly term called called hermeneutic and what that means is great word. It's a great word. <laughs> hermeneutics. I took, a, I took a whole class on hermeneutics. Yeah, like well, biblical hermeneutics basically anything? means is what what is the Bible saying as a whole? Okay, right. like so you have isolated verses, but how does that fit into what the Bible is mm. saying as a whole? And if you look at what the Bible is saying as a whole on the on the homosexuality piece, you've got from beginning to end this picture of male female as marriage, mm-hmm. these, these binaries that come together that God knitted, knitted the fabric of creation together yep. with. You see it in Genesis 1, Genesis 2. You see it all the way in Revelation 21 and 22 with the, the new heaven and new earth, the, the bride and the groom and the wedding supper of the lamb, this whole imagery of, of marriage being male and female. And then you have individual verses that also back that up right. multiple times in the New Testament and a bunch of times in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So... But, but that, but that's, that's an education a, for but, me. Yeah, so. but exactly. There's a good answer for that. But that's a yeah. fair question because you, when at a glance you're like, well, if we changed our opinion on this, then why can't why we change can't our we change opinion on this? that? And that's yeah. totally a fair question. Yeah. But it comes back to the bigger thing, though. Is I think what I want to press our church to is okay. But if we are, are, are we having a biblical argument or not? And I think there's a lot of people in the faith that are trying to take the conversation outside of the Bible. Like we've had people already, you know, in our church decide that, you know, this might be the the time that they are no longer part of our church. And that's fair. You know, I did, I did this series for that reason. Like you need to know what we believe. You need to know those things. I don't want to have some bait and switch. Um, The thing that I would push back on people who like decide to leave over, over what I've said, you know, from the pulpit is 
it doesn't appear like you are leaving because you have a better, better biblical argument. Like I've openly said, if you can come and show yeah, me I love in that. the word I of God, that, I'll yeah. change my opinion. Mm. I flat out will. If you can prove it biblically. Yeah. Mm. Like, like, and that's like, that's what biblical authority looks like. And mm. like, and if I'm uncomfortable with that, that's I'm too bad. Right. Like that's what the Bible says. Because that would be way easier, like for us, right? Like if someone could come to me and and biblically prove that it was all right, like yeah. I would be happy to change my mind because it would make yeah, life it's a just, lot easier. It, well, you know it would fit I mean? like, better in the world that we right. live in. In our culture, that's yeah. that would be the easier answer, yeah. right? And but when we're talking submitting to biblical authority, like I haven't gone, like I know you were saying on the weekend, like that I can't get to a place by reading the Bible and interpreting what the Bible is actually saying, like from an overarching standpoint, right? Of the yeah. of the whole narrative that that that's something that god designed and is signed off on and is saying is 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 good and part of his creation like i yeah. just i just can't get there from a biblical standpoint right, right? it's it's and it's that's the beyond, only reason i stand on it yeah it's beyond a reach reason. you right. know it's beyond yeah. a reach there are some things like biblically some explanations and stuff that for me are a reach that i can i can jive with we don't have time to get into some of those you know like mm-hmm. you know how to how to reconcile old testament violence and there's there's some there's some arguments i've heard that were a reach that i'm like yeah okay i can go there right um but with this one it's it's a it's a it's beyond a reach like you're you got you're out on a limb reaching and the limbs like cut you know like it's right. just not yeah. not working but to me that the whole biblical authority piece is the most important conversation mm-hmm. we're having out of the whole this whole thing is right. is your faith big enough that you know, you, you're able to lay down your opinion and submit it to, like what the authoritative, authoritative word of God says, right? right? Yeah. And you know, for me, like that's how I, I chose to live my life that way. About eight years ago, I was on a. This is longer than that. I'm getting old. It was about. Uh, <laughs> it's about twelve years ago. Aren't we all? I was on a big deconstructionist kick. I was reading a lot of like very out there Christian thinkers, mm-hmm. um, highly liberal ones. Um, and it brought me to a place where I, I completely started doubting the Bible, doubting that, you know, like I was just looking at it with a bunch of holes and criticism and I wasn't taking it seriously. And I, I was kind of holding it out there. Mm-hmm. If it backed up my opinion, I would use it. If it didn't, then I would ignore it. Yeah. And that brought me to a place where my faith was really weak. And I, I, I got to a point where I was either going to, going to be done or I was going to say, you know what? I'm going to humble my my intellect and humble myself on the questions I still have mm. and just choose that I'm going to accept this and surrender myself to it regardless. And then if I have good answers, good. Right. Otherwise, but I've got to submit myself to that. And I think that's awesome. Word. And I think that that's like for our viewers, like that's a that's a personal journey that every single one of us has to take. Yeah. Right. Like you've got to ask yourself when you're sitting there and something is being said in the trending series that you're uncomfortable with like like we're like we're not basing this off a of personal opinion we're basing this off of what the bible says yeah. right so if you're like man i don't know if i agree with that or i don't know what i think about that like i think we'd all encourage everybody that's listening like anybody who's watching anybody who's a part of the series to like put your life up against the bible and everybody's got to make that individual choice right. right like what do i believe like the bible actually is right yeah. and can i actually will i actually submit myself to it like do i believe it's the living word of god and will i actually submit and build my life off it yeah even if it says something that like makes me a little bit uncomfortable yeah i right? think and i think to to encourage people though that um you know the discomfort you feel about reconciling the bible to to the world that we live in mm. one jesus said that would happen 
Yep. Right. He said, like, I'm I'm going to be the cornerstone that you mm-hmm. build your whole life yeah. on or on the right. capstone that you trip up on. And yeah. I like and that you said that on the weekend, because like when I'm sitting back listening to you put myself in the shoes of maybe a, a mom or a dad or a sister or a brother or whatever, that actually has someone who's going through this. And it's like, OK, what is I hear what you're saying? And I don't have the th- like the theology to argue uh, to come up and have a biblical argument mm-hmm. with me. Right. But what does this mean for uh, for my family? Right. Like, what does this mean for my kid or what does this mean for my brother? I actually talked to a a mother this weekend and she came up to me after after the message and said, like, like my daughter, like, is is living this right now. And I said, like, we all need like to her. I was like, we all need to be so careful. Like when we're having these kinds of conversations, it's really easy if if you're not living it to sort of stand in judgment or point a finger or right. whatever right or to or to to form an opinion of it let's say yeah but when you know someone who's going through it like you've really got to decide and choose like again that biblical like authority yeah. conversation comes up right like yeah, what, what, is I, that, what does it mean right what, what do you do next yeah i think that's what you walk away feeling like and maybe if you're a family member it's like okay it's not even that maybe i don't even disagree with you brent right what's you next feel helpless kind of like well what do we do yeah, yeah because think, their, their love for them is is yeah, so yeah. strong right yeah. and it's so easy that if you don't know someone who's going through it you're like well i, I don't want to have a dog in this fight or whatever yeah, but like exactly. when you love someone that deeply and you see them like going through it or Absolutely. they're and you want them they're to be standing happy. by that right and you want yeah. them to be happy and yeah. they're saying like can't i just can't you just be happy for me right and you're as a parent looking at that like right. that is yeah that's the it's, real deal. It's tough for sure. Like yeah. there's no, there's no way around that's, it. Like, and that's some of the stuff mm. Jesus was even talking about. Like, this is going to complicate your family relationships. Mm. Like he flat out said that. Yeah. He said like, you know, brothers will turn on brothers and, and parents Matthew, will turn on, like kids will turn on parents. And yeah, like he talked about that mm. and, and he said like, it's just, it's going to happen. I think like back to the biblical authority piece, we need to move on. I'll bring out the applause in a second, mm. but uh, you know, like I think it is Great a little, time, you know, just, just to just pull back out of the subjectivity of your yeah. own feelings for a second and think right. about it in terms of like existential, like existentially, mm. if there is a God and, and there is a heaven, like it's a little delusional to assume that, it, that God's thinking a higher being God's, reality a higher world and god's laws are going to just fit nice and neat and tidy Mm. with how we think things should be and i think it's delusional that we think that god would be that small that we could pull him down to our level and be like okay you you understand how the times are now god you're more comfortable with our world yeah right Mm -hmm. like that whole idea of our world you know like sort of get with yeah and it's like which would you understand like that's right at the heart of you know, where this whole religion of Christianity is built on about like, whose world is this and and who, who is God? And so I think it's just like super important to even talk about this, these things, but especially on the whole whole idea of identity. So, so identity and gender, let's have a few, let's have a a little conversation. (laughs) Shoot. Thanks. There's a raucous applause. Thanks for clapping it. Wait for it. Kill it. Oh, okay. You can't. You have to wait it out. Oh man, that's, oh, man. A, that's a standing O. It's a standing O. I don't yeah. think our answers were that good, but um, <laughs> all right. But like identity and gender. So we got a few few conversations. Some questions that came in. Um, yeah, there's one here. Um, this this is this is a big one. I think probably a good one for us to jump in, like in an introduction standpoint. But like, how are we as as Christians to understand the gender fluidity conversation? Right. That's a big one. Yeah. Right. So gender is no longer like what, how I was 
how I was born and what I was assigned at my birth. It's what I identify as, right? Yeah. So maybe yeah. I decide I think, that you yeah. know I want to be a different gender or I want to be I want to be, you know, yeah. Anybody can be whatever they want to be today. Yeah, you were saying this in your message. How many different options are there for genders on uh, Facebook? I think there's seventy something. Right. Like when wow. I checked, when I checked last, seventy. Right. Yeah, but they keep. So it's almost as it's almost like, and this is this is not making fun of anything at all, but it's almost like uh, as fast as we can think of yeah. something, we can be that because but, it's everything self assignment. Yeah, right? I mean, you track the logic though. If we're if we're really running with this idea that gender is that fluid, then yep. then really there's going to have to be however many how many how many billion people are there? Seven billion. Right. You know, there's going to have to be a, a gender is going to erode entirely. So, right. you know, I think, you know, how, the question was, how do we understand gender, gender fluidity? You know, I think one, it is important for us, you know, not to be ignorant mm-hmm. and not to, you know, just write off the whole conversation. Like these are real people, um, you know, like people have legitimate, like they aren't making this up. Like mm-hmm. gender dysphoria yep. is a real thing. Like mm-hmm. people really do feel in their, you know, you know, whether they're, they're born that way or whether that happened through trauma, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's data on both those things and probably both those things are true. Uh, but we as Christians just need to listen to them as to, you know, what they're actually feeling. Um, so, so one is just like, yeah, understand in the sense of like, listen, you know, to what's actually going on, I think is pretty important. Um, but that doesn't mean though, we need to redefine how we understand gender. Right. And I don't, I don't think you can be Christian and understand gender is fluid. I think it's two things. Yeah. Like it's not, it's, there's, it's not a spectrum. Like there's no, there's no spectrum of maleness and femaleness. You know, today I think people, it's no, no, no think about it. Like today gender is understood as a psychological thing. Mm. It's how you, it's how you think of yourself mm-hmm. and express yourself. Christians have always, you know, believe gender to be a physiological thing yeah it's something it's your body your body dictates that right so how do we think of gender fluidity my simple answer is we don't we don't think of it as fluid we think of it as as uh binary right so so which is really which is really important so right and again why why we think that right like we don't have to get into that same conversation over again but reading the scriptures, interpreting the scriptures, like to the best of your ability, like yeah. that's, that's what you're going to come up with. Yeah. Right. I mean, God made maleness and mm-hmm. God made femaleness or God made male and female, not ness. I mean, that's, that's more getting into expression. I think one, mm-hmm. one interesting thing too, when you read the Bible is that I said this in my sermon, like the Bible actually doesn't really dictate what maleness and femaleness mm-hmm. looks like. Yeah. That was good. Like it doesn't like, it the, does male and female. It does male but and female. Like, like what it the, means the naked to be. part, the right. physiological part, but right. it does the stereotype the of carrying an axe over yeah, your totally. shoulder. Totally. Like you like, don't yeah. have to. Like you don't have to wear <laughs> Drive a truck. You know the the, the, the lumberjack flannel. the lumberjack flannel and have but a beard. Yeah, you that. don't. So. Be, and and like I think that's a mistake. Like yeah. that Christians that Christian mm-hmm. families make. Maybe even in fear now. Like that. You know. I, well, I don't want. You know. I want my son to grow up and be a man. Right. Like, and I think that you might be pushing them even further yeah. in a direction where he rejects that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I think Christians need to have a broader understanding of what masculinity and fem- femininity actually is. Yeah. So, but I don't, I don't think we should be willing to define it based on your feelings or your expressions. Yep. I think so you too. Know? That's a, There's another question we had come in would probably be a, a really good segue there off of that. But like, let's, someone's got a child, like, and their, their child is struggling with, gender identity issues and like we know like we have 
like I know families that that are that are going through that, right? Yeah. So what what do you do? What is a what is a Bible believing follower of Jesus supposed to do when their kid is is struggling with that? Right? Like what, what's what's a conversation look like? What's it look like to parent someone yeah. through that that struggle or that season mm. of their life if it's a season like? Yeah, man. I mean. It's not easy. No, super, super, super heavy, super, super, super heavy. Um, I mean, I'm not going through that. And so my opinion on the one hand uh, isn't as valuable as maybe as someone who's gone through that Mm. and seen victory. That said, it can give maybe an objective opinion of someone from the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I were in that position, um, one would be I would I would be just praying like Mm. like I. You know, the Bible says we war not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of yeah. darkness. Like this, understand that like the gender thing as a Christian, I don't see that as a primarily biological issue. I see it as a spiritual soul level, mm. then emotional and then biological issue, That's right? Good, like yeah. it's it's hitting and, and you see that you see that last even as someone's transitioning, their body catches up, right? Mm. They they change their body to feel to to represent how they actually feel. Mm. So to me, getting to the root of what's causing this is not the answer is not a lot like just rolling with your expressions it's interesting actually um in in preparing i didn't i didn't read this in the sermon but um the the hospital that originated in california that originated the uh gender reassignment surgery i think it's called like gender confirmation now i don't even think it's called reassignment because that's not politically correct enough now it's gender confirm or gender affirming or whatever because gender is your feeling Mm-hmm. Um, but the hospital that created that uh, actually stopped doing that. And uh, one of the doctors actually said, like, it doesn't actually, that doesn't actually treat gender dysphoria. Like that, that feeling of, of that I'm, I'm somebody else. I'm in, I'm in the wrong body. Mm-hmm. It doesn't treat it. And they, they actually said that it's, it's similar that to like, he compared it to treating, um, you know, treating someone who has anorexia with lip, liposuction. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that you're taking some fat off of your body doesn't actually fix the fact that you have a a, a, a broken mental image mm. of yourself, right? That's really mm. good. Like, yeah. think about it that way. Like, yeah, I mean, that's heavy stuff. That's a major statement yep. for sure, because this is very deep. You know, and yep. people feel this deep. But, you know, I, I think first and foremost, as a believer, I'm seeing this as a spiritual thing. And so, as a parent, before I'm even talking to my kid, I'm waging war over them, man. Mm. Like just in their room, mm. in my house, I'm declaring, I'm mm. prophesying, I'm praying over the doorpost, I'm praying over their backpack. Like I'm, I'm going to war, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's, and that's the best tool that we've got in our arsenal yeah. as parents, anyway, right? On on all issues. Yeah. And I love that because it's not like this issue feels feels bigger, more extreme than maybe like, hey, my kid's getting like bullied a little bit at school or whatever. Or oh my gosh, yeah, like, he didn't get first place in the basketball tournament this weekend, but right. like prayer like 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 this issue in god's in god's eyes isn't any more of a reach than than praying for your kid to be you know better basketball yeah god's able i mean god's able to you know and and again i think i think there's another conversation you know and the church is maybe botched you know like automatically jumping to to healing Mm -hmm. on issues whether it's sexuality or gender identity you know like there was a lot of uh, back, you know, 20 years ago, the yeah, church like reacting to homosexuality right. and just yeah. everybody, we're going to heal you. We're going to heal right. you. We're going to heal you Conversion of that. I, th- I don't think, I think God can heal. Yeah. God can heal anything, but we don't do that when someone has a broken arm. 
we don't like line them up and say, you're going to get healed and guarantee, you know, like, mm. well, no, we're going to pray for it and reach for yeah. it and ask yeah. for it, but it might not happen, mm. you know? And so that feeling like you can't, you, I can't be a Christian unless I'm healed. of Yeah. This. Like, what a mistake that's been for yeah. the church. And that's mm. really alienated and cut off a lot of people who don't fit the mold of just stereotypical Christian sexuality and gender. Mm. Right. So, but you know, pray, I would, I would engage them. I would draw, try to draw closer. I think that's another mistake a yep. lot of Christian parents have made is like, especially with older kids, like that have chosen a lifestyle that they disagree with. Mm -hmm. They cut them off and they yep. shun them and they push them away. I, like what a dumb thing. Mm. Yeah. Like you're their father, you're their mother. That mm -hmm. doesn't never changes whether they change their name and change their, like, I don't see how that ever can change. Right. And I think that's what God demonstrated prodigal son. Right. Mm, like Jesus right. told that story of like, yeah, I mean, he doesn't color in what the son did and what the son was going through. No, but it just says he hit, you know, he went a long way from the father's wishes basically is what you yeah. can, you can write in. And like, there he is yep. waiting for him and runs out to him. You know, I think, man, like just be, as he be is. a mom and dad, yeah. like at the mm. end of the day, like, okay, if there's these things you're hoping to fix and stuff, but you know what? Same thing. Your kid has a, a broken part in them or something that's, going on that's not this issue like are you gonna are you gonna push them away yeah that's good you know so yeah. i would i would definitely yeah because a lot of these issues i feel like it's just what culturally we've deemed as a church as are more severe than other issues it's like you're not pushing your kid away if they struggle with pornography but if they're struggling with that then it's like oh my goodness yeah right it's like both are sin yeah 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 both need love. Yeah. Well, yeah. like hopefully we shouldn't be pushing our kids away for any reason. No, like, that's, what, yeah. but that's what I'm has, saying. God has placed like there's no that's parent <laughs> like that God hasn't placed you in your kid's life. Yeah. Right. To be to be a representative of his love and his grace yeah. for them. I'd right? say in too. the same way that like God like God's not gonna turn his back on me if I right. screw up tomorrow. Right. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I I know that and I have that assurance. And I, I think that yeah. the as a parent, like we're to be like a model of that love to our kids to our kids absolutely no matter what they're going through i can't speak from experience yet guys right well, but, yeah. yeah someday man the uh <laughs> i think though like there's not just like that's the requirement like that's what love requires but i think that's that creates the foundation to even be able to have dialogue in the first place like yeah i think i think the, the failures i've made as a parent would be like anytime and I, again i've never dealt with anything this big and i pray that i don't i don't have to absolutely but yep. you know the the small things that i've dealt with as my kids are getting older the things that have really bothered me or they've done something dumb or I've been mad at them or, or disappointed, you know, my, my weak reaction is to like kind of smash down on them and, and explain how, how dumb their thinking is, mm -hmm. except I, you know, I find this with them. I find right. this in my marriage too, like to just yeah. jump right to kind of attacking their thinking or their actions. Mm -hmm. It just creates more walls yeah. and they're not hearing you. Like I found that in my marriage, like we, you know, Melanie and I have both done that to one another. Yeah. We're just like immediately go to attack mode. Yeah. What happens when you go to attack mode? Defense comes up. Oh yeah, right? it gets and bigger. Like, totally. Oh, so yeah. you're just, you're just, you're making it worse. Talk to the hand. So, so there's <laughs> yeah. a, probably a healthy level of just like draw close yeah. and hopefully Lord willing, they'll mm -hmm. actually allow you to speak into that. Yeah. It's you funny know? how that like, diffuses stuff too. Like just what you were saying in the marriage. Like if, if one person is able to just like calm down yeah. and, and then actually just like listen for a second yeah. and then say something affirmative of what that person's actually feeling. It's like, Oh wait, I don't have to punch you in the face yeah. anymore. We can just like actually yeah. love each other again. Right. <laughs> like, but it yeah. just takes one yeah. person to do it, but you're both just so like, Oh, I forget changer. which, which marriage yeah. book it was. I read that the, the author talked about like the crazy cycle and how 
when you get in a fight, you just keep basically ping-ponging back and forth. Yeah. You know, your right. your anger and your opinions, and neither one of you are stopping and actually looking at it and Never and happened so. to me. No. Ever. That's never happened to you? What's your secret, Andy? <laughs> don't talk to my wife. <laughs> just be amazing, yeah. Melanie and, and I don't are pretty ever convinced. Don't ask my wife about this. Melanie and I are pretty convinced that you and Carrie are two of the greatest humans that have ever lived. So if I, if I you know, oh, if, thanks, I, man. if I can believe it. But so, so yeah, I mean, I would draw close with the, with the child. Don't freak out. I mean, trust yeah. God with it. Um, and then in the event that they do allow you to actually speak into it, I would be ready mm-hmm. to torpedo their thinking. Like I, I would, you know, like there, yeah. there is actual, you know, biblical things to say to it. There's, there's ideological and intellectual things to say to it as to why this mm-hmm. is going to be, you know, in a context where they're, they're genuinely ready to have that. Yeah, conversation, for sure. Don't right? jump like, there. Like, don't hear that. Like, it's like the love, the love first, right? That's oh, yeah. the, the, the first here. Yeah. And then if you get the opportunity to have those kinds of like conversations, yeah. if you can, you then can, you bring in the You can hit list. people's emotion first. Like you can hit what they're actually going through because whatever there it is going through is having social effects, mm-hmm. right? So it's not just like I'm going through this. It's like, well, what do the kids think of me at school? What of what yeah. does my girlfriend think? What is it? Like there's all of those. If you can hear the emotion first and address it, yeah. you usually are then able to then speak truth. Yeah. And then people actually like hear, listen. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, like if, if you just torpedo it right away, it's like, whoa. Yeah, see it. for sure, right? For yeah. sure, yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's it's tough. I, I don't think there's an easy way. I think God's going to lead you in that. Oh, absolutely, yeah, for sure. And yeah. I, I think that like something that I would would say to parents in this, and something that I like, I I work with middle school and high school students a lot, right? Yeah. In my role here, and have Jesus been almost ten years now. I'm getting old too. Yeah, man, <laughs> been it for ten years now. But uh, I'm still young. But uh, like, when parents are struggling, and like this issue, other issues, like I I've come to like just to give parents the advice to like remind your kid when they're struggling with anything, like whose they are, right? right. That they're, they're your child, no matter what, that they're, but they're first and foremost, they're like, they're God's child, right? Mm, and like yeah. that God didn't screw up on them and right. hasn't turned his back on them yeah. and loves them and has an amazing plan for their life yeah. and that, that they're okay in, yeah. in his eyes kind yeah. of thing, like, like in, in his hands and under his umbrella of protection and authority, like that, that they're good. And like, mm. so even, even in an issue like this, I would say not to affirm that they can do whatever they want kind of thing, but like that they are gods and like God had created them and God right. made them. And that like value. He is their yeah. source of identity. Right. Yeah. And even like take, like it doesn't have to be a debate on whether they're right or wrong in that moment, but still reminding them that they're gods. And like, yeah, hopefully in that, right. That he's going to be the one who like impresses himself on their heart yeah. and on their minds. And yeah. like, once they realize that and their eyes are really open to that, like that's a huge game changer. And probably anybody who is struggling with identity on that much of a, that deep of a level and really trying to figure out who they are is probably also struggling with their identity in God and their relationship with God and what, sure. he, what he thinks about them. Right. Yeah. So yeah. start there, remind them of that, remind yeah. them like who they are really. And who he says and, they are. Yep. Yeah. And that's huge. All right. So, uh, you know, on the on the gender conversation, we've had a lot of people asking really practical questions like, you know, okay, we believe we believe what you said, you know, that, you know, God made us male and female, but God, you know, all of us are born broken. I mentioned that and the invitation of the Bible is all of us need to be born again into a new identity. Um, But so how do we live? How do we live as Christians and how do we engage this? on the ground level, you know, whether it's with people we know or people that we meet, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. like one person asked, it was actually the janitor at one of our campuses. Cause they were like listening yeah. and asked, you know, well, what if a person, 
you know, what if a person is born without any actual distinguishable, you know, anatomical or genitalia? Yeah, like you're actually able to. That happens. Yeah, yeah, like it's, you know, it's intersex is the terminology or, you know, so. Currently it's changed a bit over the years. Yeah, Currently intersex. Yeah, that's currently what what it's called. So, you know, that you, it's just not distinguishable at birth. Right. You know, so what do you do? What do you do with that? Like, how does a, you know, as a Christian person, you're, maybe you're a parent and mm. y- right. y- your child is born with that. Like, what do you, you know, so what's the response? Yeah. What is it? It's a good question. I mean, we, there's a couple of, a couple different, uh, trains of thought on that, I guess. Like you look at, um, chromosomally, like I know that we've had some conversations with, with doctors that will say like you could uh, like DNA would actually have your like double X or your XY chromosome. Right. right. And so XX would be female. Female. XY is male. We know that because of the conference. XY We're conference. On that. Oh, yeah. Which we haven't actually announced to our whole church yet. Stay, stay tuned. That's true. Yeah, Men's coming. conference coming up. It's coming. You get it yeah. there. Uh, but yeah, like, so like if your chromosomes are reading, like a reading male or female, that's probably a pretty good indicator. Like, yeah, naturally, the way your body is going to be more wired to function, right? So yeah. you've got to make a choice. So you, you've got a child at some point, like you almost have to make yeah. a choice. I guess some people will probably say you don't have to, yeah. but so you're saying like even if so, I don't have a clear defining like orientation of my sex, mm. and you're saying that even in that, my chromosomes are still going to either be XX or XY. Yeah, they're going to lean one way or the other. Interesting, right? Yeah, I, I mean, theoretically, right? Yeah, I am not, as we said, we're not experts. Dr. Broad. I'm not a physician. Yeah. No, but. No, but, some of the research I did, like but, that, so there was that, like, like yeah. if you want to drive deep enough, like it's not just like a penis or a vagina that like mm. d- determines your gender. Like yeah. it's actually in your DNA. Interesting. So, so there's that component. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing too is one of the things I read was like a lot of the people, you know, if you, if you Google intersex. Like the statistics you read will say like, you know, one in every 400 people are born this way. Then you read Mm. what they're actually defining as intersex. It doesn't, it's, it's like people who are born with indistinguishable, you know, parts or they feel as though they are, you know, interchangeable. So that could be, which is a way broader wall. Like it's like, it's like more like one in every 10,000 that's born Mm. with with that so it's 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 an anomaly it's not something that's very common in fact one doctor was saying like here in the in the saint john region like they're not sure they've ever had a case of that right right so it's not entire city yeah so it's not like it's not like it's a it's a super common thing and if you know it's not like it you know but uh, hey when we have these discussions generally you go to like the most difficult yeah oh yeah you go to extreme so what do you do i think if i was in those shoes and like i was a parent yeah um out of fear of God, I think I would try to find out, you know, what the, what the DNA right. said and, and try to, you know, bring my child up in that and speak that mm-hmm. onto them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to a large degree, a child is asexual for quite a while. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, you yeah. do, you know, a newborn and stuff like is not concerned with boy stuff or girl stuff at that mm-hmm. point, you know? I did notice in both my boys and my girls, like a general and natural, not to say all kids do this, but a yeah. general and natural leaning towards boy things. And like my you, boys just you notice liked, some of those like hard wiring issues. Yeah, almost. totally. Like, yeah. like just, and that's not, I don't think all kids are like that. Like some yeah. kids 
don't yeah. fit those molds, but mm-hmm. mine did. Like that, you know, my boys like trucks and cars and yeah. guns. And but yeah, that goes like back to our previous conversation. That's not coming from what their external genitalia is. That's coming culture. from their chromosomal, yeah. well, and, like and, DNA. But also makeup. culture, like how culture much of it is nature versus nurture. And I think that's absolutely because mm-hmm. I mean, our culture just defines like even what you're saying. Some people push back on like boy things versus girl right. things. It's like well. Mm-hmm. Maybe we as a culture have defined that boys like trucks. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? But if in your household, if you're like boys like poetry. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Maybe they grow yeah. up. Yeah. And there yeah. are other cultures that actually like that's, that's you know, like things that we call feminine are actually masculine in other cultures exactly. around the world. So yeah. all that to say, what I was meaning by that is if I'm a parent, you know, and, yeah. and I do have a child that's born, you know, intersex or, or, or asexual, you know, I think what I'm going to do is to, the, you know, before God, try to find out what God intended, mm. um, knowing that we live in a broken world and, and people are born with defects every single day. Some people are born blind. Some people are born without without a limb. Some people are born with with uh, diseases like that. That's part of living in a fallen world. So I think I try to figure out as best I could. Yeah, I'd, I'd want what to try to figure it God out. God intended and then yeah. live out of the fear and, and honor of that yeah. mm. and then create those cultural things those yeah. cultural norms right i think that's what i would do but i don't think there's an easy answer with that stuff though no. either like yeah. you know maybe maybe there is a case for that one in a million person who mm. maybe they get to choose i don't know i don't know how that works i think the i think the most important thing is like god gets to god gets to speak right. on this yeah right like at the end of the day as a christian i and believe god makes it. that call yeah. yeah on on who you are mm. so you know um there's that Same. question Another question I'll lob to you. You get the difficult ones, Andy. Yeah, awesome. Another one was, uh, so as a Christian, you have um, a trans, you know, a transgender colleague. Yep. Or a friend or family member. Yep. You know, what, and they have transitioned. They went from male to female or female to male. As a Christian, what do you call them? Right? Like, what do you, mm. what do you do you use their preferred gender pronoun? Right. Like, how do you, and that's a big, that's a big issue right now. Huge issue. Culture. Like if you, I think about like, uh, like Jordan Peterson, right. He is a professor at a university in Toronto and he got in a bunch of trouble recently because people were saying, well, these are our preferred pronouns or whatever. And he was just saying like, I don't think that somebody else gets to tell me decide what language that I have to use right yeah i think his big issue too was like with the government flying in and actually like his big issue on that was mandate that the government was threatening like actual legal action if he didn't comply to someone's chosen gender pronoun right because if you press on him speech issue yeah i don't i don't think he would have the same beliefs maybe as you and i from a christian standpoint of hey god made us this way or that way like i think his big issue his big issue was Hey, but it's I more so somebody else controlling what I'm. Yeah, he was. What I'm it saying was a free speech issue. It was a free speech right. issue yeah, for him. Like. Yeah. Um. But but someone that I know asked me like, hey, like like, start calling me a she instead of a he or a yeah. z or a zem, which and I'm like, those are like yeah, there's, z- again, they. There's a ton of different yeah, pronouns they, now, right? Like, look it up, right? Yeah, it's just so a, like a bunch. Do we, if someone asks us to call them by a different pronoun, like so? What's like again going back to the the, the biblical authority, right? Like what's if I if I believe that look at like, look at someone and say like that God creates us male and female, and somebody asks me to call them something other than that, right? Yeah. Like if I know for a fact that they were 
born male and we're a male for mm-hmm. years and years and years and we're fine with that and then now you know now things are shifting in their identity or whatever um i don't i don't think that i could i don't think that i could like in in good conscience yeah call them the pronoun that that i just knew to be opposite of what their what their gender yeah truly was in my belief and my understanding of what that means yeah does that make sense totally and it wouldn't it wouldn't be from a disrespect thing because nope. again take the take the biblical framework out of my life I would want to let that person do whatever they want and honor them in that, right? But it would be, again, my decision to look at the Bible and say, I'm surrendering my life to this, and can I in good conscience bring that into line with my relationships with other people, say, like, well, I'm going to compromise this because I right. don't hurt somebody else's feelings. I, mean, yeah. I wouldn't love that person any less or respect them any less, but I honestly probably would just try not to use yeah. pronouns That's as what much I'm at all to like avoid to, say. If yeah. to, to avoid and yeah. to seeming like I'm, I'm intentionally offending them yeah it's know, not like you can go out a way to use the wrong use the pronoun oh, totally. that they don't like right yeah it would never be like a throwing yeah. at their face kind of thing exactly but at the same time i don't like i wouldn't be comfortable with yeah there, there are basically two laws yeah. like god gives us have no other gods before him, right? Like you honor mm. God ultimately. Yeah. Like that's priority number one for all, all Christians mm. is does this offend God? That's number one. Um, number two is love, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Like Jesus said there, you know, these, and everything hangs on these two things. Right. Well, you know, so to love my neighbor, I do want to meet them where they're at. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So I think for me, I'm going to, I'm going to get their name. Right. Like, right. what's your name? Like, and, and even if they've chosen, uh, you know, they've transitioned from male to female and now they've chosen a female name. Yeah. I will use their female name and meet them where they're at. Because mm-hmm. to me, like, I, I can do that in good conscience out of out of respect and care and honor for them. Yep. Um, without short circuiting my my belief system and how I honor God. Mm-hmm. To me, a name is arbitrary. That's something that mom and dad gave you. That's something yep. that you choose to, to call yourself. But so that doesn't infringe on how I'm honoring God. Right. Um, but me calling you a gender pronoun that actually goes against what I know God made, mm. that's when it gets complicated for me. And so I got to pump the brakes on on doing something that dishonors God. Yeah, that's so, good about the name thing because that raises a completely different question, right? With the with the pronouns. Let me throw it back to you this way. All right, like take it a step further. Careful so now. Someone has someone has not just saying that I'm now identifying like let's it's a male is now saying that i'm identifying as a female but they go as far to have the gender confirmation surgery right we're saying so they actually go through the process they do the treatments right they Mm -hmm. they have the surgery they they're like in all like appearance and sense are now this new gender short of DNA and right. internal like mechanisms, ovaries, test, probably but generally, yeah. you know, right. They're living the life as a male. They've yep. even done the surgery. Yep. So what then? What do we, yeah. What, what's our response to them then? You know what I mean? Like, I think does, I, does still, that change the pronoun situation by using the currently assigned pronoun? I, I, and I'm not saying I've got an answer yeah. to it. I'm just saying like, this is something that I've it's complicated. thought about and thought through. For right? sure. That's a, well, like, take it take it a step farther. Like, like to <laughs> really? me, I, why not? Right? Hey, yeah. here we are. <laughs> These are all real situations. Yeah, I mean, well, this is what right. we're all thinking about. So, yeah. and, and whether our answers are great or not, maybe people are going to rip us in the comments. I don't <laughs> well, know. But I was just uh, already thinking nice. that was we're a hard question. Nice. You're like, yeah. Let's take it a no, step further. No, like, let's oh, take it yeah. a step, step farther in our faith, though. So, okay. third level. What's that? Two step person reverse it. Like, what would you tell them if they asked you? 
Right. Do we expect him to have un gender confirmation? Surgery, right. So, 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 yeah, so, surgery? so this is where I was going with the further. Like, so this person say that, say they come to King's church and they, which we've had, we've, we've had and have, we have several people who are homosexual yeah. and, uh, people who we've had people who are transgender. Yep. Um, say they have more, say they, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But say they come and they, they experience Jesus and they, they That's get amazing. converted yeah. and, you know, but they've already had the reassignment. Like, what do you, mm. do you have, do you tell them to go get unassigned? Mm. Like, and that's the stuff or like that, what, does, what does God tell them to what would God yeah, want that's, them to do? That's the stuff that honestly, right. like I, here, here's the, here's the only thing. And I, I would want to, I would want to get in the, you know, into that conversation with them mm. and discern what the Lord is saying and not be afraid to do whatever he says. Right. One thing I know about God is like, yeah, I mean, he, he, his word is unmoving. Yep. On the one hand, mm-hmm. he speaks and it's done and it's always done and that's how it is. And his truth isn't bending. Mm. But then you have this like, you know, there's there's the authoritative word. Then you have like Jesus, the the living word who who meets us where we're at. Yeah. Right. And like and like and I love grace is big enough to cover. Us yeah. And reach us like, wherever we're at. And that's what I got to believe about the gospel. Like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know, like, mm-hmm. and, and I'm willing to deal, like, God is not afraid of the messiness of mm-hmm. that and how it doesn't necessarily fit in the nice, neat categories. And yeah. I just would, I will push on my own discomfort with that and the mm-hmm. discomfort that says to the church and just say, I got to believe in a Jesus and a grace that is deep enough and robust enough that yeah. it's good news for anybody where you're at. Yeah. And, and I think some know. of these are so complicated that it's like, I don't think you're supposed to have all the answers. It's like, that's why I liked you said that... You, they would discern with God, like seek him in prayer. That some of these answers, it's yeah. like, I would want, I would want to walk that out, like as a pastor, though, yeah. to help them, you know, what that actually means, what God is saying, exactly. and like to have the courage to, you know, if 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 He is saying that, or if he, if it is to stand up and face, you know, the maybe the the difficulty of of living this new life and and knowing, you know, that you know God made me one way, but He accepted me this way, and we're gonna mm. we're gonna live this way. You know, I take a lot of personal comfort on my own failures and trip ups and and shortcomings and a lot of comfort for everybody else on that line in this in Psalm 23, where it's like the Lord's my shepherd. And then it says, uh, you know, his rod and his staff, they they comfort me Mm -hmm. like God is the God of like, okay, here we are. Right. You know, like he like he's like that. Okay, well, yeah, here we are, Brent. You know, we're in the ditch. I still love you. I'm still for you. I'm still moving with you. I'm moving you forward. I wouldn't have picked this for you. You did this on your own. Mm -hmm. But here we are. Let's go. I still love you. I love that about like that, like that in that analogy. He's the good shepherd, and he's the good shepherd for the person who's who's made that that physical journey, and he's big enough that we'll figure it out. Yeah. Right. So I'd want to do that relationally. Definitely. And that um, may be a different answer on a case by case basis, right? Too. Yeah. Like if someone has gone through something yeah. like that. Like yeah. but it's it comes down to that relational answer and solution, right? That we would come alongside them the same way that, that Jesus would, right? Yeah, and put our arms yeah. around them. I think that's why love them and relate to them through it and pray with them through yeah. it and and try to figure it out together what Yeah. Because I think some the of these dynamics is. are so like just like you have to just 
are so not like necessarily gray, but the questions are so like nuanced. And, yeah, mm-hmm. that it's like yep. some of these situations sure. you definitely come aside someone and seeking in prayer. Yeah, and, and I think sub- I think to help that person submit themselves to God, submit themselves to others is yeah. a great sign of of just that's what it looks like to follow God. Yes, yeah. right. It's like. I guess at the end of the day, you you resign your opinion and you submit yourself to what's God saying, mm. what's the community, how, how's it helping me follow Jesus yeah. in 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 you know the, my life. So yeah. All right. So what else you got? Are we good on that? Are we good on the? Yes. I don't know identity. I'm, I'm clapping identity. because I want to move on. There's All a right. little. I'm clapping. A little applause. Let's do it. Can we have a little bit of applause for the next topic, which I think we'll all be excited about? What is it? Sex. Ooh. My favorite topic, David. <laughs> Shake that iPad. A raucous a little applause. Where's the Where's the big applause for that one? I couldn't I couldn't find it. All right. Um, no one has a problem talking about sex, right? We've mm, never heard of anybody having a problem. We actually sex. have, Andy. I got some feedback this week. Some uh, really? some great saint from our church just could not believe that a pastor, a man of the cloth, would get up and speak such atrocities from the holy pulpit of God. Have they had sex? I suspect at least <laughs> twice. At least twice. All right. So there are offspring involved. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But well, uh, yeah. So it's good. There's man. been some discomfort out there yeah. um, that we've talked about this in church. But man, gotcha. like, if we don't talk about a man this, of the again, cloth, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna get talked I never about. Thought of myself as a man of the cloth before. Yeah. I mean, it's pervasive. It's Where everywhere. Like you don't have to look very far to find something that's implying at least sex oh my goodness yeah. it's no not it's anymore like nowhere like go watch something pg yeah and it's it's there like, i think the big thing we try to establish like you know in the sermon first and foremost was like that hey exactly awesome. exactly the opposite right. of what this lady was saying like as yeah. a christian i need to be we need to be as Christians, the people who say, no, we want to define sex right. and, and be the people who are like, no, we, we believe we have the best sex mm. and we are the most sexually satisfied. We take God full advantage that. of God's good gifts yeah. because it's within the structure. So is, yeah, totally. And the, you know, so, so obviously <laughs> sex is a huge topic. I yeah. think, I think it does need to be talked about in the church. It does mm-hmm. need to be talked about in our families. I think mm-hmm. it needs to be talked about in a positive light. Totally. I, and affirming you find yeah. especially in my generation our generation because yeah. we're getting old um we've established you know, that or too. or even like the next one up like a lot of kids who were brought up you know I, and i was brought up in like what's called the holiness movement right yep. so yeah again like you know my grandmother i remember my uncle don who works here she on the staff like i i don't imagine she is but uh you know like i think it was my uncle don that was saying when my dad you know was born like there was they just showed up at the house with a baby brother, right? Like it was was all hidden, right? You know, like it was so quiet about this idea. You know, I I made a joke about, they used to say like, Oh, she's in a family way. They wouldn't say she was pregnant. Pregnant. Haven't heard that one in a while. Yeah. 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 So family way, you know, but like what's, what that created though, was it drove sex and the conversation and understanding into the closet. Right. And it's like, this is a hidden quiet thing. Yes. It's a private thing that is done with, you know, and it's an intimate thing. But this isn't a taboo. It's not a secret thing, you know. Like, and it's I think, not like one hand, it's not like you're you need to be talking about your sex life no. openly with all your friends. And within the other sense, you should be able to talk about sex. Yeah, in I mean, mar- within the marriage, you, yeah. you've. I mean, if you and I went to Christian college, and you don't have to go to we Christian did. college. I went to an, I went to a liberal arts college too, and like mm. you see, you see the reaction to being over sheltered. 
Yes. You know? Go to first <laughs> right. year university and you see it. Yeah. That kid. Like, Freedom. They're, well, they're it's, like it's not even that. They're like, yeah, yeah, they're like they're they're overprotected and insulated. Yeah. And then they they get sent out and like they never had the to like work through any of this stuff. And then okay. Yeah. My parents hid this all from me, and now here, let's go. For I'm going to gorge on forbidden fruit, right? Right, like that's, <laughs> that's what happens. So Gorging. it's like, why as parents and as a body? Anyway, I, right. I think I'm preaching to the choir, other than this, right, right, right. other than this dear old saint. We're doing um, ourselves a disservice. But sure. uh, you know, we did roll that into talking about sexual design and how, like, how you know, I mean, where there ever meets the road for what the conversations most of us are having, and we we were at this at the front. We probably end off here. It was like, you know, rubber meets the road. You know, we have most of us have gay friends or family members or people that we work with that we care about. Yeah. Right. So, and that's, it's a very common thing. Like it's not, this is not some just small percentage of people. Although it's not as big as what the media would allow you to think it is. It's not 50 50 by any means. Like, however, there are many, many, many people who Mm -hmm. are homosexuals. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do we how do we live as believers mm-hmm. like we talked about john 8 about how jesus didn't condemn the woman caught in adultery but he didn't condone it either like how do yep. we be like jesus in you know in, engaging you know the our homosexual friends mm-hmm. colleagues family members what does that look like like what does that look like in real time how do we do that yeah that's big. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of that that's like to not use the same answers over and over, right? But the same the same approach that we're going to take to someone who is who is transgender, transgender, transgender. It's been a long Trans- pod. We're going to be done gender. in a minute. We're getting we're yeah. getting draggy here. Gender. This is your dangerous topics to I get tired of. One of your pre workout so mixes. Yeah, man. But uh, but no, it's the same kind of idea where it's like no, we are we are called to to love everybody right like at the end of the day like love is the is the first and foremost like priority for us like loving loving our neighbor and then in that it's like okay loving you doesn't mean i have to agree with you yeah right and that's the that's the biggest thing but it also doesn't mean that i need to constantly throw it in your face that i disagree with you totally that I somehow think I'm better than you mm, because I think that, I've got a different opinion. Oh my goodness, yeah. I think, and that's where I think yeah, that we've messed it up there. as a church over the over the years, right? Is yeah. that it's almost like a us having a conversation. It hasn't been a conversation. It's been a condemnation and a talking down to and saying that someone else, like in order to be a part of us or to be around us or to be accepted by us, a shift has to happen first yeah right and i think the opposite is true where the way the church is supposed to be is like no like there's as you everybody like you come to jesus yeah and like in that once we're aligning ourselves with jesus then on a personal level we start to say like maybe we're peeling away some like we've all got junk right then we're coming to jesus that we're sort of peeling off and peeling away some of those layers and and i think in his mind and his eyes again it's not as big of an issue as we make it sometimes it's just it's just one it's just one of those one of those layers right that we've somehow I got tacked on in our life that just it yeah. needs to be sort of peeled away, like one of those things we have to die to yeah. in order to surrender our our life to I, him. I think it's it's an intimate one for a lot, like your sexual identity is yes, clo- it's, clo- it's definitely close for to your sure. heart. So it's 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 definitely not a small thing. We shouldn't yeah. be flipping about it. Yeah. At the same time, right. the church has really failed in isolating that as like this big, you mm. know, this big deal breaker. And it's like we've hit the homosexual community or the LGBT community with 
you know, the prescriptions and the rule book, right? Mm. Like, here's what you have to do to be a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they've heard. So, so somehow that's what we've said, or that's what's been communicated. There's been, there's been, yeah. Or I'm not going to heaven. That's one that's been said. Yeah. So do do you think I'm not going to heaven because I'm gay? Not at all. That's 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 a legitimate. Sorry to derail the question. No, I mean, I mean, I, I, on the weekend, I I didn't get a chance to get into it because I had already spent an hour, but, um, you know, I, I revisited that scripture in Galatians 2.20. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Life I now live in the body. I live by faith in the one who who died and, and, and gave his life up for me. And then the next verse says, so I do not set aside the grace of God. For if, if righteousness could be attained by works, then Christ died for nothing. Mm. And what that means, I just quoted that whole thing this time. That was good, man. Not bad, eh? That was yeah. really good. Um, <laughs> it's getting late. It is, but... Uh, you know what that what that means is the way that we get into heaven is only through what Jesus did in confessing mm-hmm. our belief in him yeah and if you think that you know uh because you're either this or that or you did this or that or you didn't do this or that 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 how that somehow changes the bar on your entry or not mm. You misunderstand. Christ died for nothing. You're setting you're setting aside mm. the grace, and now you're having this works conversation yeah. again. So, the only way to get to heaven is through what Jesus did. Like, there's one answer when you. I don't think it works this way. I think this is Christian mythology, but like you stand before Saint Peter at the pearly gates, right? Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know where people got that. But What's that Ron Burgundy's voice at the pearly gates? No, it's like my my Irish man. Oh, okay. I don't know why Saint Saint Peter. I always feel I like Saint Peter at the pearly gates. Yeah. At the pearly gates. Um, okay. But uh, if you stand before him and he says, "Why should I let you into heaven?" Like, there's one answer: because Christ died for me, and I stand in Him righteous. Right? Like, mm, that's right. it. Period. No, it doesn't matter who you are, Mike what you are. are. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. if you say anything else, like you just say, "Take a walk." Right. Right. Like, because your righteousness is filthy rags. So, uh, yeah. I mean. Anybody, anybody can go to heaven. Like, like who knows, who knows, like this offends people, but like, we don't even know like how Adolf Hitler died. Right. Like we don't even know, like maybe in those last moments. Oh, we're going real trendy right now. Right. Well, we can go to like conspiracy <laughs> theories that maybe he's like okay. in Antarctica and like he's right. building up the Third Reich and he's going to, but, uh, you know, but like, is, is Jesus's grace big enough for the worst right. of well, sinners? Right, like what we said earlier, right? Like, like, the, like the grace, like there's, there's no length to which we can yeah. go where the grace of God can't reach Right, us. so sure. like take the worst of sinners and I'm not, I'm not well, lumping, Paul. I'm not lumping people with a sexual, with a different sexual orientation in the yeah. worst of sinners. No, I'm no, saying, no. I'm using Hitler as an example to yeah. say, the grace of God, if, if, if Hitler stands before God someday with all the atrocities, he what a horrible human being that is. Mm. But, I mean, if he says, hey, I repent, I'm a sinner, and I need grace, and I, 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 I believe in Jesus, he's in. Like, yeah. that's, that's that. Like, that's, that's the end of conversation. Like, that's the, that's the entry point now. So maybe like a less that, extreme version would be Paul in the Bible. Yeah, totally. Saul. Well, he's an extreme dude, too. That guy's yeah. a, big jerk we're not talking about millions of people we're talking about right so, yeah I mean, yeah but yeah. i think some people mistake, a lot of people mistakenly flip that around and say yeah but then he like planted the church and he did all these really good things and so he's it outweighs it somehow yeah like there's right. this balancing act there's not yeah, like yeah, in right. fact like your 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 worst just always is going to outweigh your yes your bad's outweigh your good right. yeah like that's just so, how it works like this the bible says there's no one righteous not one i, I always get mm-hmm. this idea too i've thought about this especially with like the the sexuality piece is like the church has loved to to kind of point at that one. Mm. And it's like, man, I think before God, we're like a bunch of kids 
playing in a sandbox when we've got mud all over us. And like the Christians are pointing out on the on the kid who's got this spot of mud, right? All the while, not even realizing, dude, you're covered too. Yeah. Like, what the heck <laughs> are you doing? Yeah. So that's actually a question I got from someone else uh, after the service on the weekend too. Like, is there like in God's eyes, like is there a sliding scale on on sin? Like, on like sin. how's homosexuality line up with like gluttony? Let's say, or yeah, that's yeah, the one that, like, the, yeah. Like, so so the question of getting into heaven mm. is. Through Jesus. Christ alone. Yeah. Right. Um, now, grace is twofold, though. Like, grace isn't just, like, getting to heaven when I die, but there's also grace. God wants to infuse your world and your life with grace while you live. Yeah, like, like He the wants here to get now. heaven into you, yeah. right? And so that's where the question comes in about, well, what what gets God and grace and life into, into you? Into me right So now. that's where the scale comes from. It's not a question mm. of salvation. It's a question of, like, flourishing in the here and now. So, like... Are sins weighted? No, in the sense of can I go to heaven someday? Mm -hmm. Yes, in the sense of how destructive is that? Right now, right? like yeah, like yeah. in my like, life right now, yeah, like yeah. some some sins are inherently way more destructive than others. Like if you're killing people, your life is going to be way worse than if you weren't killing people. Like the, yeah, like, absolutely, as the sin like, in our world. But if then if you repent of it, you go to heaven. Mm. Yeah. But your life now sucks, and you still will have to live with those consequences. Exactly. Like God doesn't necessarily fly in and say, well, he repented. So, you know, like, yeah, he's going to, he's going to forgive you of your eternal punishment. Exactly. But you have to live with, I just killed a bunch of people. Absolutely. In yeah, this absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think there's grace even in that. Like God's grace is amazing. Oh, yeah. Like, like I think I is, the social... gospel, is the gospel good news for the mass murderer who decided crap, this really isn't a great like life choice. And I think I need to repent. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think it right. is. Absolutely. Again, the Bible that I'm living my life on says like, yeah, it is. Like it's it's good news yeah. for them too, right? Yeah, I got. I mean, I think that's the biggest revelation thing for me. Even even preparing these two messages that we've mm -hmm. done so far is like God really checked me on. Like I mean, I did that. I did a talk, a sermon on homosexuality a few years ago, and I was really busted up mm -hmm. at the end of it because mm -hmm. that was the first time I ever yeah, I had to that. like sit down and work out, you know, a position on this biblically, mm -hmm. and I felt the weight of what I was asking. You know, what I felt the word was demanding of, you know, at a certain point, the, mm. the, the homosexual believer. Right. It's not demanding the homosexual. It's demanding the homosexual believer. Yeah. Right. And that's a big difference. But I felt the weight of, you know, we were we were identifying their cross to bear. Right. Mm. Um, in that in that sermon. And I felt the weight of it in that moment. And I was really busted up by it. And I think it was genuine. And I wouldn't change what I said. But I think if there's one thing I, I've learned since then and even in the prep for this series would be I think I I might have not had a, a big enough view of how great the gospel is. Like that that's actually do I didn't maybe believe to my core that what I was saying was good news. Right? Like yeah. the, like I was more focused on the death component. And I related to that man when you said like that. I think it hit me right between the eyes and I think it did for a lot of people. Right? Yeah. Like just that more when we're having those conversations with people that we love and that we know. Yeah. It doesn't feel like good news when, when we're defending right. a biblical viewpoint sometimes. Right. And I think, I think our job is to call people to life through a death. Right. But it is to life. Right. It's like, you know, the gospel isn't that Jesus just died. Mm. It's that he rose like yeah. the, the cross definitely. And we follow after Jesus. We follow the one who died and we, we have to, like Jesus said, you want to follow me, you take up your cross and follow me. So it's 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 a call to die mm. that you may live. Mm. And it's like 
man, I've got to start building up in my mind that I just, okay, how come I can believe that Jesus's grace is good news for me, but not for somebody else, right? Like it's, it's gotta be big enough for everybody. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing, even in living this out, I know we'll wrap up and stuff, but like even in living this out would be my biggest challenge would be as a believer, you know, like don't call somebody who doesn't believe what we believe to, to our standard first off. And then you call people to the good news of life. Like you let your light shine before men that they would see your good deeds and glorify the father in heaven. Yeah. It's like uh first Peter two. I wish I could quote it. It's too late at night, but like it, first Peter two, look it up. Look, 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 look that up. Look that up. You brought your computer. I want to say that this whole time. You want me to first, look, first Peter two, we, we can end with this cause it's going to work. First Peter two, um, where it talks about, you know, your beat your aliens. I think it's like verse four, maybe, where right. it talks we, about we got the NIV right here. Oh, look at that. So blown up. So go down, keep going. Uh, Living stone, keep going. It's all the way at the bottom, actually. Uh, there we go. Eleven. Yeah. So, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, wage war against your soul. So, so, so he's calling us to live differently. Mm-hmm. There it is. Live such good lives among the pagans. So that was their terminology for people who don't believe, non-believers. Yeah. Yep. That though they accuse you of doing wrong, so on the one hand, he's saying be prepared that they're going to find your point of view. They're going to disagree. And your lifestyle offensive. Right. That though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. So it says nothing about pointing the finger. It says nothing about teaching them, you know, the right way. It says demonstrate. Like it just Mm. says live. There's no picket signs in that verse. Zero. Like Westboro Baptist, I don't know what you're doing. Like if you're watching this, cease and desist. (laughs) (laughs) Please stop. Right. That's not a joke. That's like that serious. For real. Please stop. In (laughs) fact, there are many, there are a lot of churches. There's some churches like within a kilometer of where we are right now that I would love to drive through their sign. Just saying. very true. You can edit this out or you can keep it in. I don't care, but you're not helping. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but you have to, like, he's just saying, like, let your light shine, man. Like, it's like, the, and it, it goes back to that, like, that dialogue and that trust and that conversation. Like, like, why on earth would we lead with our disagreement? Right. Never. Like, you lead, you lead with that love. Who is that lead with love? Yeah. That and that's what we were saying back while well, let's say. parents, right? Exactly, like, yeah. Or your, or your marriage or mm-hmm. any relationship, yeah. like. When you meet, when you start there, it's able, you're able to then speak truth and have yeah. that, even have that conversation without someone just yeah. feeling like you're ultimately against them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. I would say, and we'll close off on this. So this cool. came up at our small group last night. I, my wife and I are hosting a small group. Oh, I wanted to read nice. this. Actually, I just saw this. Um, Eugene Peterson. Uh, author of the message and like a bunch of really good books. He died. He died this week. Yeah. Um, Which is interesting because I quoted, I mess, I mentioned him in my sermon last weekend, but he said this, uh, here's a quote. I I read it. I read it today. He said, and my work is to not fix people. It is to lead people in the worship of God Mm. and to lead them in living, living holy. Right. So like, and what that means is like, you know, my job's not, not like Jesus is the fixer. I'm just pointing people to Jesus, right? Mm. And and that's my job. But uh, anyway. That's awesome. Super awesome. I but I think to wrap this whole conversation up, this came up at our small group last night, was like, um, you know, these conversations about sexuality, like, again, the reason I keep saying it, that this is for us is because this is for us. Mm. Like, this is so we know where we stand and what we believe about design and, and God and the word. Mm. Um, but this isn't the dialogue you're having with 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 outsiders yeah. with you know yeah. this isn't like 
you you bring you bring love you bring yeah. kindness you bring gentleness the fruit of the spirit right the yeah. love kindness patience gentleness you know self control that's, that's that's the reputation we should have totally. in the streets and in our neighborhoods absolutely right? like if if asked we are loving, you know if gracious, asked generous people like peter says or i think it's peter like if you're asked be prepared to give an account mm-hmm. but like if you're not asked shut up Right. <laughs> you know, like, like no one's uh, looking for your opinion. Yeah. Why are you spewing? Yeah, it for sure. Like, like I, I forget where it is. It's uh, my next Instagram post. If you're not asked, shut up. It's well, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, it's in First Corinthians. Like First Corinthians is a great book to read on, like all the sexuality stuff. Like, yeah, this is not new to us. First Corinthians six. First Corinthians, were, the Corinthians were going crazy, and they mm. didn't understand grace. Like they were talking about, like Peter had to talk to them about, like, okay, you've got. You've got incest going on in your church, and you're mm. celebrating the grace of God, saying that that gives you permission to do this. Okay, we got to talk. Right. That's what that whole letter is like. Okay, we're gonna have to have yeah. a family talk. Yeah. First Corinthians is a family talk, but in there, he like corrects and he says like, just so you know, like we're not talking to outsiders here. Like this is this is right. us. This is our community. This yeah. is there. This is our kingdom values, mm-hmm. and anybody's allowed to be part of the kingdom. But yeah. we're not putting these values on other people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably where we've gotten things wrong the most. So yeah, for sure. So there we go, man. It's been a episode one. In episode the, one in the bag. We said it was gonna be in long form, man. Charge that up. Hey, yeah. listen, if you oh, have if you have it. listened to the end of this <laughs> marathon, you've heard every word of this. If you have, you man. get twenty <laughs> Jesus loving bonus points. <laughs> yeah. Twenty high fives. Yeah, actually, this is this is you. going to treasures in heaven, y'all. That's what that is. Jewels oh, in the crown. That's no, what there, I like to say. There it is. Jewels in your <laughs> yeah. heavenly also, crown. Also, uh, maybe taking some biblical liberty thing. there. Yeah. yeah. But I hey, don't think that, good, all that to say, good on you for uh, making it trophy case of crowns clear to the end of the podcast. So we got a couple more coming up. Uh, yeah, in a couple awesome. weeks, we're going to drop another one. We're going to, so we're going to be talking about equality and like the, oh, the culture wars. I don't know if you noticed, but everyone's freaking out about everything. Everybody wants and to fight. Everyone's got a side. Everybody's got the correct opinion. So the question Everybody we're going to ask is, is, whose side are we on? Mm. That's going to be fun. That will be and good. And then we're going to talk about justice, like the the the, the SJWs, mm. the social justice warriors there out there, go. and what do we believe about justice and social justice That'd and all fun. that. So it's going to be fun. Yeah. Actually, uh, Pastor Seth's going to preach on that. Mm. And uh, we're going to talk about abortion in there. And, and Seth, you know, Seth's got a real cool, cool story on that. So it's awesome. going to be really, really interesting. Yeah. And then uh, we're going to talk about substances. Uh, we got, we got another podcast in a few weeks and have a couple of special guests on. Uh, Mike Miller from Nova Church. Yes, uh, Mike AJ Miller. Thomas from Deep Water. So good. So that should be really fun. Those guys and awesome. we're going to talk to those guys, uh, dialogue about substances, because in case you didn't know, uh, cannabis, mm, cannabis, cannabis NB, NB banking dough. Super long lines. Wow. Amazing. For the gummy bears, I think. I hear the gummy bears are the best seller. Hey. Yeah, I guess. So we got to talk about that, though. Right, cannabis. So, because it used to be, you can't smoke pot because it's illegal. That's what we said. Right. Now it's not illegal. So, what's our stance? Right. Um, we talk about that. We talk about substances. We're going to talk about uh, technology. That's the other one. Mm. And then, uh, oh, we're going to talk about suicide I as well. Love technology. Yes, Kip Dynamite. Love anyway, as a reference. Yeah. All right, that that's a wrap. Man. That's a wrap, it's people. Good. This has been fun. It so has been we'll, uh, we'll see you. See you in a couple weeks. Be great. Can't wait. All Thanks right. for listening, guys. Yeah. What's it called again? Slow clap? Slow clap. That's my, I just want it for that.